0: So anyways, that's kind of the table I wanted to lay out, Yep. and I will let you go first, if you don't mind, as to how you saw the United States men's national team, what you think of their advancement, what do you think of the campaign so far, what do you think the future holds? Obviously, we're going against the Netherlands, which is where you live. Yeah. So I'll just let you go, go, go. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 343 Podcast where we work tirelessly to elevate the level of discourse and practitionership here in American soccer. Today, Kefren Fuller joins us once again from Holland to have a chat regarding the U S men's national team, their world cup campaign and whether or not it's a good thing they have advanced out of the group stage. Yes, that is a question to ask. There is a link between what is good for you and what happens with the national team. When I say you, I do actually mean you. That holds whether you are a coach, a player, a parent of a player, a business owner, whatever your situation happens to be in some way, what happens at the macro level, such as with the national team, does impact your circumstances. We explore a bit of that in today's episode. I hope you enjoy it and perhaps glean some insight into something you may have never considered. But first please take a moment while I share a few ads that can greatly enhance your capabilities as a coach or as a parent of a player looking to do what is best for them. Here we go. And now, a quick few second mentions on what sponsors this episode. It's the best way to support the podcast, but more important, greatly improve your current soccer situation. First, if you're a coach, you've got to check out 343coaching.com. There are both free and premium programs for you there. The premium program in particular gives you full access to watch and listen to players, teams, and coaches in the real life training environment. Now, what I mean by that is that the film and audio are not staged or scripted, such as what you would get at a conference or a typical course or video online. No, no, no. You get to be a legit fly on the wall and steady Brian who basically helped pioneer a seismic shift in American soccer on how to develop youth players at every level. Among the many now professional players who were under his direct tutelage across many teams, one team in particular, which he started at U10 and led through U19, really stands out. Over a handful of players on that team became professionals. It's incredible work. And the actual training of that team and those players is what you get to use to catapult your coaching. Okay, second, let's say you're not a coach, but you're a parent of a youth player looking for how to best put them on a proper path. The solution for you guys is at 343masterclass.com. And third, if you'd consider going to a private school for academics, either here in the States or in Europe, that also has an integrated soccer program, you should check out acceleratorschool.com. Critically important, The solutions for coaches, for parents and for players are offered from people who have actually done the work and have an unprecedented track record in the United States. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode. We're just scratching the surface here, folks, but it's an important starting point for us to further expand down the line. All right, dude, it's the morning time for you. It's a little past midnight for me. Thanks for doing this. No, no. Thank you for Um, having me on. Let me kind of set the table, if you don't mind. Yes, no problem. And and then just roll with it. So in this discussion, the Iran-USA game just finished. Of course, everybody knows we won 1-0. We're advancing to the next round. And I kind of wanted to set the table by saying you and I have known each other, known in quotes, right? Known each other since Around 2009, when we, or at least I first started engaging online back when blogs were, you know, kind of a new thing. And we kind of engaged in the comment section of a variety of people that were writing about American soccer. And I think we kind of connected in the sense that we viewed the game in a very similar way. And that's probably because our backgrounds are similar in the sense that the culture that we grew up with isn't necessarily mainstream American soccer culture. And so ever since then, I feel anyways, or I felt always that we have this good bond. And I'm giving this background because I kind of feel we're going to have some disagreements in our little chat now with respect to the U.S. men's national team. And that's okay. It's totally okay. I feel completely comfortable having disagreements with you and you with I, and kind of poking holes in each other's sort of thought process because we know we both come from a good place yep. when we say these things, and I think we both have learned from each other in a great way, and we, and we help each other out. And finally, we got to know each other online, but we then met face-to-face, finally, for the first time in Amsterdam, Yeah, yeah. when one of our boys, who's pretty well-known here in American soccer circles, Alex Mendez, was purchased by Ajax. About three, yeah, three, a little over three years ago at this point. Wow, it's time flies. Yeah, it flies well. Um, So, anyways, that's kind of the table I wanted to lay out. Yep. And I will let you go first, if you don't mind, as to how you saw the United States. Men's national team, what you think of their advancement? What do you think of the campaign so far? What do you think the future holds? Obviously, we're going against the Netherlands, which is where you live. Yeah. So I'll just let you go, go, go. And then if you don't mind me interrupting you once in a while, yeah, then no I'll do that too.
1: Yeah, man. Well, it's uh it's obviously very interesting. Uh seeing the the US national team obviously back at this stage. You know, we missed them for 2018 World Cup. And I mean, you know, I look at it. The first thing that you notice is that um, a majority of the players, or at least the 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 starting everyone in starting eleven, is playing in Europe, right? So that's the first thing that I think jumps out. Um, You can see that. May definitely compared to 2018, I think there's a way more assuredness and more confidence in who each player is. I get a sense of that from them that they they have a, a better understanding of who they are as an individual player, which I think feeds into some of their performances throughout this world cup um you know there's there's so many things that kind of go through my mind because you know i I think we we definitely agree on the player profile that's normally picked or or what's exalted is really one of the the the, the and obviously having the the, the philosophy behind it, the football your player profile is one of the reasons why maybe we're not reaching our our top potential but Considerably, because of what what we've been through for the past, uh, as uh, ever since like, even 2014 and you know 2016, the Copa America, all those different uh, events, this has obviously been a pleasant surprise that they actually got out of the group. Gary, I actually said they wouldn't make it out of the group. I thought that I mm-hmm. thought Wells would do something, but after the first 30 minutes, I saw Wells was absolutely uh, a shambles, and I totally changed that. So getting out of the group um, is good, but probably should have been expected if you kind of looked at it. Iran and, and wells it's probably one of the weakest groups in the World Cup, being honest. People really frame it as one of the weakest groups. But there's a, there's a couple of things that maybe... One of the things I think that helps the U.S., which me and my colleague were talking about this, is we actually are a tournament culture in the States. We're very tournament culture, meaning about the moment, compete, Win at all costs, but doesn't matter, we, and that's one of the most dangerous things about the U.S. is because, you know, it's that rocky mentality get hit 100 times, we still don't fall and we just get that one that one chance, but we win, and everybody's elated and happy. So it's hard to gauge where in Europe, you're not doing multiple tournaments like we are in the States. So theirs is about consistency, development, um, building towards something, right? And I think those two cultures, the, in the World Cup, it kind of helps us a little bit in coming against others because we, we just have this like, okay, no fear. You have nothing to lose. We're going for it, right? Where obviously you're from Argentina, Holland. There's almost like a trepidation, like, well, we've been building for this moment and it needs to happen, right? In the state, it's States, I don't think we've been building towards this moment. We just live off the moments. Um, I'll say this. I was talking to a youth player who came over recently he was, in, he was he was over here in Holland with us and, and about the tournament culture I said like, hey what was your what was your league um what's your league record this season cuz he just finished up his league. I was like we were 2-2 two, two and 2. And I was thinking like where were your other games? How many games did you play if you only played like six league games? Well, all the other games were actually tournaments. So, if you yeah. look at it, it's not it, it's it's that is deep in our culture, so it's it, it, like I said, it's maybe beneficial in the World Cup, especially going against a, a traditional superpower like Holland. And obviously all the other teams are going to meet uh, if, if we even get past Holland. But yeah, and I guess to answer your question about the future, it's great that players are coming over. Um, but going back to the other cultural side of Europe about building consistency and, and whatnot, there are players. I think in the squad, and someone could correct me maybe later, there's only four players in the squad who are playing in Europe who are guaranteed to start at their clubs. I think it's Anton Robinson. uh, It's obviously Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson. And I think it's Carter Vickers at Celtic, right? From my understanding, those are the only four guaranteed starters at their clubs in Europe. So when people say, oh, the future's bright, the future's bright, it's like we have to measure these things because we don't really measure it. We're, We're just so in the moment. I think we have a tendency to um too high. I think it's a little bit too high sometimes. But the the fan of me, like you see me on Twitter, the fan of me is like disregarding all of that. And I'm I'm happy that we're we're succeeding. So I, I try to like live on the two sides. I'm like the, the the skeptical part of me is like, man, we got so much, we're still so far behind. Because I think you wanna you wanna be regarded as the best. I think the US always tries to regard itself as the best. It goes into something, it wants to be the best. It doesn't want to be the underdog role is going to work for so long. You know what I mean? And that's only going to, go, that's only going to burn for so long. It's now time. Like, when do we actually become a nation where people stand up and say, you know, I'll say this, Gary, in the beginning of the world cup, when Holland, uh, they were doing some analysis. So they have Marco van Basten and Frank, right? Uh, I think Frank, right car, rude. They were all talking about us. So they, they were kind of doing previews of the group and they go. They asked the question in Dutch and I caught it saying, so who, who's in the U.S. team? And they were all like, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's Pulisic, you know? <laughs> Just, they they yeah. didn't know. They didn't know. So actually, the guy, a lot of the guys, uh, I would say a lot of the midfielders, uh, due to their energy, due to their pressing, and they generally keep the ball. I don't think they create, but they, they generally keep the ball against the opponents we've faced. They've surprised some people. So now there's, and obviously you have to play Holland, there's going to be a lot more analysis. It's going to be on every night. I'll see. I gotta ask my wife if she can translate. I want to see what they're saying about these players. But generally, no one has a clue about the U.S. squad. Being honest,
0: no. And that's something I think you and I have harped on in the past. We have one episode recorded when we talked about path to Europe for American players that I haven't published yet. Mm-hmm. And and the reasons are there's a lot a lot of sensitive things that I say there that I'm like, ooh, I you know, I don't know, I don't I don't know. Yeah, really, yeah. I, I'm still. I'm still a little bitch when it comes to that, uh, because it's it's difficult balancing the business side of the equation with the public-facing education side that we all like to do here. And, And I know you feel that tension at times, I'm sure, in your business and businesses, as does everybody here. So, man, you really laid out a great picture of the U.S., and you came up with a lot of great points. One thing that I had not considered to any great extent is the tournament culture angle that you came up with. I think there's a lot of truth to what you, where did you get that from? Did it just come to you one day in the shower? or How did you say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's this tournament culture that's impacting how it is that we do things here.
1: You know what, I would say bringing people, bringing players overseas, man, and doing like showcases and coming overseas. They mostly come for 10 days. Seven to 10 days where we bring teams. But then also, now we're doing the residency program where kids stay for three months, where we're talking about making it pro, right? And guess what happens all the time? The first three to four weeks, guys are on fire. The tempo of play, there's extra excitement. They know they have to do more. It's something on them. Then all of a sudden, you know, it gets a little cold out here. We start to play other groups. They're not adhering to the things that we're telling them, like, look, you're trying to be signed. You're trying to be noticed. You're trying to showcase yourself. You ha- it's a grind. You have to be, you know, you have to be focused on what you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you, you know, this isn't a moment thing. This is a consistency thing. This is about being a pro. You're essentially trying to get a job. So me, so me and my colleagues that have been helping me with the residency program. You know, I got James Myers and I have someone else named Roy Momo. And Roy's Roy's very interesting because Roy is actually French American. He grew up in France up until 12. He was supposed to go to Claire Fontaine. But at 12, his parents moved to, to the U.S. And so when I speak to Roy, Roy's been, I mean, he was a part of Brad Fiedel's initial, uh, remember that soccer academy that Brad kind of put together? I do. He was a part of that. He, he's been around guys like Michael Bradley. He's been around, right? And I, I even helped him get some opportunities in Europe. But me and him, we would talk about just the differences in culture. And he would talk to the guys like, yo, you're trying to get a job. You know what I mean? Everything, how you present is very important. It's not just I showed up and I played on the field. It's like, Okay, you go up, you speak to the, the coaches. Uh, if, we're, if we're sending you to train with someone, you go to speak to the coaches, you go do this, you go do that. So I guess relating back to the tournament thing, it's just, we just live in moments like, oh, hey, we got this big tournament, so everyone's excited for that showcase. So this is where we'll show up, right? And it's not the consistency where a kid, as you guys know, you guys have placed many players now in Europe. Your guys have to show up. They have to perform every day, week in, week out, to be on the field, it's not about moments. It's about the whole moment is the year, right? And then if I go back to myself, I had the same thing when I was in 2006, when I was on trial, my first six weeks, I was on fire. You know, I earned a trial. I got, I got a trial to the first team at second division at Converley Warden. I was on fire. I came back for, cause I only stayed three months. I had to come back. And I came back for my second three months. I lost my starting position and I was on the bench, you know, and I was at an amateur club then, right? It's cause mm-hmm. the, the pro club couldn't sign me. I was on the bench toward my, the end of it. And I was a better player than other guy. But you know what I realized? I grew up, you grew up where the seasons and then I was playing, I came from college, where college, I was playing three and a half months. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's something called form, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people, people get. I talk to the kids. Even when you play batman, I'm like, there's something called form. So you have to develop consistency. You guys think you need to be Ronaldinho, Iniesta every game. No, you just need to be consistent. That's what they, they want to see. When you play, this is the 6 or 7 out of 10 I'm going to get. And sometimes you're going to drop an 8 out of 10. But when you drop the 5 out of 10, they still want to see the consistency. Okay, this guy's a leader. This guy, if we're down 3-0, he's doing the same things. If his if if touches off, he's providing this. All these things, you know, this is not an American so- soccer development. It, yeah. This isn't. So yeah, that's yeah. that's how I came. No, no no the experience of that that's how I came to it.
0: That's a no. It's a great background and, and man, you're you convinced me almost in one conversation already about <laughs> yeah. tur- tournament culture is a has a great impact. I, I want to emphasize that it may not just be at the youth level, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. the tournament culture because at the pro level here in pro American sports, everything's kind of geared towards the playoffs, yeah. right? Just get into the dance. And then the real competition begins. Yeah. Right. And so they're, they're not focused on a year long grind development process, consistent process. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you can, at least in soccer for sure, in MLS, you can cruise through the league season, you know, maybe even squeak in with a 500 record or mid table record to the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, intensity levels go up. All of a sudden, everybody gets serious. All of a sudden, the games matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure it happens in the other sports as well. I mean, I was a big-time basketball, NFL, and baseball fan Mm -hmm. during my youth and teen years. Uh, I kind of drifted away from that later in my 20s when I got really serious about the soccer side of things. But I remember the same stuff, right? And, And especially now, you go to a baseball game, I go to a Dodger game or an angel game, nobody cares, bro. The, the players are just like going through the motions and it's just one game out of God knows how many games in a season this is business, and they're up. Op- yeah. And they're operating at 50% efficiency or 60% efficiency. They're not in peak focus and peak form. As you mentioned, Yep. it's only when there's elimination games or elimination series. Then all of a sudden everybody cares. Yep. The players care. The coaching staff cares. The organization cares. So there might be something serious to that, yep. Kev. And you mentioned four guys that are consistent starters in Europe only out of the whole group. Let's let's not forget two of those are under an American coach, yep. a coach that happened to have them as players previously as well. Yes, um, there's a there's a story behind that too. But I think uh, I don't want to derail us too far. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like, dare I say, two consistent starters. Uh, that be Cameron Carter-Vickers and Anthony Robinson. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think that's it. Well, now Josh Sargent in in Norwich. I think he's yeah, think true. That's the, the other one. That's the other true,
0: one. true, 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 oh, yeah. true. Yeah, and I haven't done the numbers or anything like that. I I leave that to the the facts nerds, the yeah. Wikipedia warriors, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mentioned that we might disagree on something here. Okay. In opening, so I kind of want to bring that up right out of the way you had mentioned that you're happy we're succeeding um you're happy that we advance out of the group and i see your tweets and posts they are very pro u.s men's national team mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because you are an independent thinker you are one of the critics that looks at american soccer as a whole and in specific if we're talking the national team and it's all not it's not rainbows and unicorns to you. You look at it, you're like, cool, these are the pros, but these are the whole host of cons, and you're not scared of mentioning them. You know, whereas others, Catherine, I go back to how I opened this, that we've known each other since 2009 when American Soccer first, you know, there's a lot of these publications coming online, people writing, and people come and go. Yep. A whole bunch of people had blogs, a whole bunch of people had presences on social media, et cetera. They were little flashes in the pan, and then they fizzled out and died and disappeared forever. Mm-hmm. And you and I are still here standing. Yeah. Some others, they have a choice to make and they get caught up in the mainstream artery of American soccer, and they start rolling with that crowd mm-hmm. and they start getting assimilated into their philosophy and their ideas. And it's almost all rainbows and unicorns to them. You know, you have to support the men's national team at all costs. You have to support the infrastructure that is MLS and and everything that comes with that. But you chose another path. You left the country. You went to Holland. Uh, you're building a business. You're trying to to build something, Kaffir. As as I, as as we over here as well, through our enterprises. So the way I view you is that you've, Continued to be an independent thinker Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when it comes to American soccer. So when I see that you're happy that we advance and you're cheerleading the team, Mm -hmm. I think I understand it totally. But from my vantage point, I'm I'm kind of on the other side, if I'm being honest with you. And I know that's very risky to say. It's kind of like, Gary, like, what do you mean? Like, you're not happy that the team advanced? And it's kind of like a mixed emotion for me. Mm. On the one hand, I love our country. It's, I think, created a great life for me. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of opportunity that, and I never lived in another country, but I visited a lot of countries. So I don't know what it truly is like elsewhere. I don't know what it's truly like in Holland Mm -hmm. or Germany or Portugal or Italy or Russia or Japan, you name it, okay? Or Argentina, which i visited many, many times. All I know is the United States. Mm -hmm. And I love the country. So I want it to succeed. Now, the issue that I run into, the tension is with the U.S. men's national team advancing out of the group phase, it kind of rubber stamps and reaffirms the status quo here so that everything will continue as it has been and without significant change mm-hmm. and I've always been beating the drum again publicly since 2009 that we need massive reform massive change I won't go into those details I think our audience kind of knows where I'm coming from and where I'm going a- a- same with you and I am of the mind that only with failure do people learn lessons and only with failure do things have a chance of change for instance. We failed to qualify to the last World Cup. Yeah. A lot of MLS franchises failed to sign an entire generation of homegrown players right around the same time, you know, 2018, 2019. Jurgen Klinsmann also rattled a lot of cages by using the pulpit that is that men's national team position to speak a lot of truths, okay, about how we need more players in Europe, how he was disappointed when Michael Bradley, Altidore, Dempsey came back to MLS, right? At a critical juncture in their careers and in the, for the national team's future as well. Yep. So you put all of these things together, the failure to qualify, the failure to assign a whole bunch, a whole generation of homegrown players. And look what happened in those past four years. I think we're in a better position today. I think a lot of people will agree than we were four years ago. Now, why is that? Well, MLS is playing the kids more now as a result of their failure and the consequences that came with that failure of not playing the kids and et cetera, et cetera. There's more transfers to Europe now. Why? As a consequence of players leaving for free to Europe and not signing MLS deals, there is now a technical side to us soccer in positions like Ernie Stewart's general manager role or or whatever it is, or the technical director role. I uh, I don't follow that very closely. And Brian McBride, you know, those two gentlemen having at least some decision-making authority on the sporting side of things. Whereas beforehand, what was it? Sunil Gulati, like a soccer dad who never kicked a ball in his life, was running the show and hiring the coaches and kind of dictating what's going to happen on the sporting side. Yeah,
1: ridiculous.
0: Well, we failed to qualify to the World Cup Sunil Gulati, please exit stage right. We're going to get some technical people in here. Yep. But all of this progress and all of this future is bright stuff that people want to throw out there and the plane, the kids thing and the transfers to Europe thing. All of this was stimulated through failure, Yeah. three, four years ago. Yep. So you get my angle now, Yeah. right? is if we had failed to get out of the group, we're probably having another in, in conversation, in, and another conversation in American soccer again. But now we qualify out of the group, and there really isn't going to be a, another conversation. Yeah, there's it's not going like, to be an oh. Yeah, it's like we're good. Keep going. Look, this is a young group. Look what they have co- accomplished already, irrespective if we even get trounced by Holland. Look what would be this young group accomplished. Twenty twenty six, here we come. Yeah, so that is where i think maybe our disagreement lies but i'd like to hear from you as to you know why you're happy and and, and hey yeah. it's all good you know i'm just curious hey. if you ever thought about this other side
1: no gary thank you for bringing this up if i could tell you now being in holland for so long i am apathetic to all of us soccer mm. and apathetic to its issues mm. because the people Most of the people are apathetic. You know, I like how you brought up that you're building, I'm building. We continue to build even against forces and going against, you know, there's barriers. There's barriers to entry, you know, it's difficult to do what we're doing. What I saw is, what I see is um, at the ground level, meaning the supporters and what people want um, and what people identify them. It's not anywhere near close to actually make a dent. That, that's, that's how I feel like really deep, really deep down. And, it, and it's kind of sad. I almost feel like, look, nothing's going to change there to what we're at, what we're at, what we want. So that's why I, even on Twitter, I don't really say that much about US soccer anymore. Oh, this has got to change. This has got to change. Not that I, I feel like a, a uh, you know, beating a, a dead drum or something, but it's, it's just, I see that you have to have people who, you have to have a mass of people that want to create the change and go against the system and not accept it. And when you do not have that, I just feel like, okay, I'm not saying I'm wasting my time, but I see, okay, I have to go from a different angle. So I like the angle of the new American businessmen who are going to get clubs in Europe. Latin America is going to be a big play. South America is going to be a big play. I see that where you got these guys who have money, who have capital, they're going in there, they're trying to do things differently, they're bringing American players over, right? And I almost feel like that's a better way for me right now, looking at it, rather than trying to go in the system, fight with these guys when they're not gonna relinquish power. But it's not even fight with them at relinquish power, it's just on the ground level, like we don't have enough, uh, we don't have enough people who are American fighting for the change like who are who are uh, from the suburban soccer culture fighting for the change, then I think if you're from an immigrant culture, you're just looking from the outside in, right? So you're just like, oh, man, I, if they let me in, they let me in. There's not too much I can change. You get what I mean? And so they they're, they're going to play the game, right? They're going to play the game because they're like, man, if you don't play the game, you're not going to be selected. You're not going to be seen. So the only thing that trumps all of that, in my opinion, is that, If you go play overseas, you play in Europe, and you're playing at the biggest club, you can be a horrible motherfucker, right? But if you're playing for Barcelona, they got to select you. You know what I mean? If you're doing this, they got to select you because it just trumps the the status. It just trumps it. So I just feel within the system, and I'll tell you, we we had a kid at an MLS club recently, right? Wasn't rated by the MLS club. They had him playing. They had him just training with his club and whatnot. We bring them overseas, one top club. is like, hey, who's this guy? We bring them to another place overseas. They like them. Then there's a top club, I, I can't say where it is, but there's a top, top club. This kid's like a 2007, top club in the world, now looking to take this kid in, 2007. At his MLS club, they were saying, oh, you can kind of train and then train with a, train with your local club too. And so that still lets me know. I'm like, now that's not the issue on the country because I'm, i I'm also of the belief that's why you need, like we said, we need pro-real. The pro-real all pro means is just access to many eyes, many values, many, much, you know, not closing off access. That's all pro-real means. I'm pretty sure I would miss players that go on to become great. You get what I mean? So if it's only my view and only my say, only my thing, I'm going to miss players that go on to like, man, this guy becomes, like, yeah. listen, I respect Erlen Holland. I probably wouldn't pick him. You get what I mean? And, and now that sounds like that's dumb, like you be, you're dumb, right? But from the initial, from my soccer culture, my soccer background, what I like to see, what I like a striker to have, he's not my cup of tea. But you can't argue with results, right? So he has access. He's able to show his way. He's able to move. And now he's playing with the guy that I guarantee you 10 years ago, no way Guardiola wants Erling Holland.
0: Right. No right, way. Right. But at, it's a it's it's an Ibrahimovic part two, basically. Yeah. Mm.
1: Even worse, because Ibra Ibra can yeah. play like a 10.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ibra, Ibra
1: can drop in <laughs> yeah. and he could play. <laughs> this yeah. guy
0: You know what I mean by play, right?
1: Erlen Holland yeah, wouldn't be in your 5 a side team playing of football. Of course, of course. You know, I get it. like yeah. you get what I mean? So but he has access, he's an opportunity, so he's able to shut people up and do all that. It's not that my word or your word is right and this guy's word is it's just when we have access, we are able to challenge each other's thinking, challenge each other's this or that. And then that helps frame certain stuff. So like when I'm over here, I'm talking to the Dutch coaches about this and this. And if I go meet Portuguese coaches, I'm talking about this and this. And I'm like, okay, well, how are you doing development like this and why aren't you doing like this? And and so a lot of the stuff in the States is just not at that level. We just yeah. don't have, we we're don't we're not even have an access talk. We're just like, oh, they just, this NLS, NLS team let me in and, and I did this. I'm, and I'm asking, I'm like, all right, have they talked to you about contracts? What are they, what's their plan for you? What what's, what's this for you? Like you have you have no market. Remember, you're you're stuck in that market. So if these yeah. guys don't value you, long story short, I'm very apathetic to the issues. So now I'm like, just let me be a fan. Got you. That, that's the issue. It's like, I, can, I, I can't even talk about it anymore. I just leave it.
0: Got you. No, I, I get it, man. I get it. Many a times, I felt that way too. Mm. And tell me if this is a fair characterization uh, of what you just said. It's almost like you've been beat down for so many years yeah. that you come to the philosophy that it's more a waste of your time or a, a bad allocation of your energies to focus on that battle in, in a direct, right. And I'm putting air quotes here in a direct sense publicly, like on social media with the social media commentary, uh, yeah. which is what everybody does nowadays. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, so then from my vantage point, what I hear is like the system won, right? And th- that's how they get us. Um,
1: I would, I, I agree in and slightly change because I, because I moved out and I'm still dealing with the U.S. population because the players I, I deal with are, are coming from the U.S., Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of yes and no. They won. They won to me. Yeah. Well, I just see a lack of progress staying in the states doing what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you get what no, I mean? for sure. So no, no, there's I, no question. I had players. I had players. You know, as a coach, when you hear players and people say, "Oh, you're the best coach we ever had in this," I'm like, I don't want to hear that. That's like that's like that's like being with a girl and she's like, "Oh, you know, you were the best boyfriend," but I decide, no, 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 no. And they don't want to. You know, you don't want to hear those type of things because. I, there's a direct goal. Like like you all, when you guys, you guys inspire me so much because when I saw, you know, and that's why I like really followed what you guys are doing because like, wow, someone who's coming from obviously a different background, but in American soccer is actually saying the things that we talk about. It has the same spirit, energy, mindset, direction, goal, right? So that drives everything in what you're doing. I can feel that spirit from the writing. I can feel it, the energy. I can feel it. Then when you're back there, you don't meet people who have that same spirit, feeling, energy, direction, and you need that to create change. In my opinion, you need a yeah, whole, no, you do. You need yeah. a whole bunch of people like banded together, not just in single entities. It has to be like a, a total wave where we're like, we're not accepting this anymore. This is unacceptable. But I think, you know, yeah, we have 2026, but we can we can not go to 2030, not go to 2034, not go to 2038. And would it be that important to people? And what I mean is, it's like, you know what happens in Argentina? Like Messi is like, yo, like I may not be able to step foot if we don't make it out of this group back in Argentina and be like normal. Neymar, they're like, "Yo, you Brazil, they're treating them like shit. You know what I mean? And it's like that mass, that type of passion, which sometimes obviously goes into the negative realm. But if you win, goes into the the most euphoric realm, right? That type of passion and identity and religion about the game, um, we don't let those groups in. Pretty much, it's just all business. And then it's it's just not at that mass, you know. I don't I don't see us crying if the U.S. loses to Holland. I just don't. It's not that energy. We want to win. We'll, we'll be maybe a little bit sad, with some people. But you know, it's not that. Eh, eh. The U.S. is hard, man. The U.S. is hard. I just think even society-wise, U.S. is like there's a lack of connection and feeling there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what, but yeah, I think, but I think you would agree that our failure to qualify last cycle did force change here. It's not full on restructure to an open ecosystem mm-hmm. with opportunity and freedom and all that stuff that comes along with an open ecosystem, i.e., pro rel. Yep. It didn't get, it didn't do that, but it did do something, right? In a positive direction. I think, anyways.
1: Yeah, i I think it did too but i I think it, i think this is what we're gonna get I think this is the level that you're gonna get man you know i it like we said with the tournament culture and all this stuff all these guys are now coming over to Europe, right who's telling them that you're a failure if you leave? who's putting the pressure like you were you know like they do in the u s yeah, nobody yeah you're a yeah, nobody
0: no these these yeah these yeah these guys could just like come back home or whatever and, and yeah, but they'll come back home They'll come back home not even with their head you know, or tail between their legs or their head tucked down. Yeah, people make them They'll, feel um, good. People, yeah, you know, welcome home. Great, you're going to go play for fucking, I don't know, Austin FC or something like that. This is awesome. Yeah, like,
1: compare when Beckham left Europe and he went to um, LA Galaxy. Fabio Capello yeah. said, you're not playing for a national team. You're out of here, bro. When yeah, bro. Well, you well, never play the again.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, that's the, well, that's the beef that people here had with Klinsman is when those three guys, Altidore, Dempsey, Bradley came back from Europe with them still being of the age where they should be competing in Europe. No, absolutely no problem whatsoever. They came back to cash. Well, I'm not going to presume they came back to cash in. Okay. But for whatever reason, Klinsman spoke the truth. Just like how you said Capello spoke about uh, Beckham and look what they did to Klinsman instead of being like, yeah, Klinsman's right. Like what are our guys doing coming back here? It was the opposite.
1: Yeah, but it it they're all protected. So it's so like I said. I mean, but again, how do you how do you topple a regime? Right, it comes from the bottom. When people at the bottom are fed up, they won't support it. They won't do this. I hear you know we still mostly with the suburban soccer culture. Um, that's the one who runs it. So are, are they passionate people? Like about yeah. about soccer, about soccer? Are they passionate now? Are they great at supporting their kids on the weekend? and going crazy for all these tournaments and stuff, great. But Gary, look, sure. I'm a father now, right? Um, obviously, I've been a father, father for a while, but my son's eight years old. You know, he's playing here in Holland. And it's it's interesting to see just a different soccer culture. At his games now, Ajax and AZ have been there, scouting, doing that. So you already see what starts happening. It's way quieter at the games. It's not just about the moment Did we win this tournament, do we do this? You know, there's still some elements that we have to win, culturally and all those things, but I feel it's more about the game. So like, if I look at South America, I look at Africa, it's about winning, right? For sure, it's about winning, but they have a culture of the game that's tied with it. So here you have the culture of the game. It like helps define who you are. In America, it's really just, did little Johnny, did Mary win this weekend? There's not a culture of the game. It's not like mm. after, we're going to, not everyone, but it's not like, oh, we're going to watch a game together, or we're going to kick ball together, or you did this, and uh, um. You know, we're gonna we're gonna touch the ball. I'm gonna go play with you. You know, play with you soccer or whatever. Or it, it's with some. So I'm I'm obviously generalizing, but it's like you have this huge amount of people playing, but who are really apathetic to the culture of the game. So until that changes, I don't see the change at the top. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna beat a dead horse here before I know you have to. Yeah. you have to go, because I always want to leave our audience with not discounting the huge population of families that we do have in the States, communities that we do have in the States that do have the culture that you're talking about. Yes, yes. But but they are not being allowed really into the system. They're being disenfranchised and they don't have access, yep. CAF, And that's the issue, right? Because if we had the system open, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then what you just finished talking about would be nurtured here in the states oh hundred um, percent there'd be expectations, people would be like yeah. hey what what's going on?"
1: you know people like to say, oh, well he, you know heads would roll, like certain things would happen at a level of expectation, you know what I mean yeah, because
0: like, well, those communities have have that culture, Kevin, yeah, those communities have that culture, and so when so again, when I have a, this bittersweet feeling when the u s qualifies And I'm like, well, failure would have been great. I'm thinking about all those underrepresented communities of millions of people here and what it means to them Mm -hmm. in a bad way when the status quo has quote unquote success, you know, and what it could potentially mean as an improvement for those communities when the status quo has failures. So that's who I'm thinking about, and that's why it's difficult for me to to just be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let me capitalize. Let me go and make friends with yeah. these media folks. Let me sell out, yeah. you know, and yeah. go against what I know to be true because I live it. Yeah. Let me just sell out, put on this facade and then cash in and make money and move up the hierarchy. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, I just can't bring myself to do that because yeah. this is going to be a, this is going to be a strong word, Kefren, but I see, I don't know if "evil" is the right word, Kef. I, I just don't have a synonym. I see a lot of bad actors and bad stuff that happens here, and I can't just look the other way and say "fuck it." I'm I'm just going to be a fan well, right
1: well, now. Well, Gary, too many too many people are being paid a good amount of money. We have the highest. You know, we talked about this before. Our youth soccer academy directors, coaches are the highest paid in the world. They're the highest yeah. paid in the world. There's there's Everyone knows it. So how are you going to go against the system when so many people are eating and they have no expectation of producing? No, yeah, I was, sure.
0: I was telling somebody. No capability.
1: Yeah, I was telling somebody this. I was like, I was looking at us with Joga, right? At Joga at our height, we maybe had about 150 players that we worked with consistently, right? Bro, you know how many people were on the U.S. youth national teams or now Peru's youth national team or Chile's youth national team or people that's been connected to us that we sent? And I was telling James, I'm like, man, I don't like to talk, talk my shit. But I was like, we might just talk our shit a little bit because I might just put something out there. Because I'm like, look, how could two or three dudes do this in this size of a country? And you have big mega clubs with all this stuff going on and you guys are not producing jack shit. Yeah, man. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. But that, that's the part that got me annoyed. And then I realized for myself when we started to, it wasn't necessarily lose players. It's just that, like I said, because we were on the consistency thing. When everyone was like, go to the tournaments, go to the tournaments. I'm like, I want to make your kid a professional. I do not care about going to play Super Y League here. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. If we go to Europe to get experience and get that, yeah, that adds to it. But guess what? Ours is a slow burn. Yeah. It's a slow burn. You're talking about a decade of working with people. Then when you saw that, and then you saw, I, I realized for myself, I'm like, man, you're going to be the one that said, oh, this guy used to play with me. This guy, used, you used to coach him. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that guy. Because mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. what? I met my mentors, a lot of African and Caribbean coaches that I, that, I, that I looked up to in the D.C. area. None of them are technical directors. None of them are the academy directors. In fact, they go to these clubs, they develop their best teams ever, and they get put with the – like, if they coach boys, there's one who was coaching boys at the highest level. Like, they went and played on-track Frankfurt, beat them 5-3. And uh, that was coming. Actually, Frankfurt came up to him like, whoa, Man United was scouting his boys, everything. You know what they did to him? After that team left and went to like DC United and all stuff? They gave him a U10, and it's no offense girl to girls or nothing. I'm not trying to say this, but he was with the boys, the highest level with the boys. They put him with the U10 girls team, third, divi- third level. Third level. Just like, ah, thank you for that. But, uh, you, you know, it would kind of have you help out with the DA. when I, was, I remember I saw that. I said, hey, you got to peep this. It's got to produce value, real value, and you got to peep how they move. So they're not about, it's not about quality. It's not about yeah. meritocracy. It's not about that. It's, it's, it, everything is, is really tied into, like we said so much, their power and control. So for me, I'm just, I'm working, I'm working, we're building, we're building, we're trying to go totally around it. You know what I mean? And some people are doing some stuff. I'm hearing stuff. People are trying to do stuff around it, look different. But they're not going to change. I think this is the level that they want. It's controlled. You get what I mean? It's controlled enough where they'll have guys, they'll have some kids, kind of going to Europe and stuff. But I think we're going to have a big, you know, after this group in twenty twenty six, I think there's going to be a dip. I oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. There's no question, dude. They they dip because
1: hundred percent because the youth that are going over to Europe need to be told this. Everyone and and whoever listens, everyone who's going over to fucking Europe or going overseas, you are a failure if you do not make a consistent career there. You have failed over there. That means you didn't have something to make it and substantiate yourself. That is the pressure that you need to go, the mindset that you need to go over there with. It is not a success if you come back and then you come get like some $150,000 contract from MLS that's waiting for you, but you didn't make it. <laughs> listen, but listen, if that pressure would hit you and you know, but, you know, it's so crazy. In American culture, we revere Kobe, right? That mamba mentality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, but what me and you say, everyone's like, we're hating.
0: Right. No, it's, it's fucking nuts. But bro.
1: if Kobe came, you know, you know, rest in peace. But if, if someone like Kobe that they revered said, you're a fucking failure if you, if you don't make it. If you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't make a career and, and, and you know, you, you, you didn't make it. Just, just, just putting it in two pots. Did you make it or did you not? Not this gray area. I kind of did it. No. Did you do that? And accept that. You know what I mean? Accept that. And it's, and it's okay to be a failure. I'm a failure. I, I understand. I, that's why I tell the kids at the residency. I'm a failure, dude. I, I was over here so close. I didn't even know what I was doing. And that's, those are the words that Hope really just, you know, anybody who's coming over here, I'm like, bro, you, you, like you said, two are playing for a coach that they know. They're, they're in the best situation that you could ever be in. As an American player, those two are, uh, Aronson and Adams. Adams, I respect, they're they're earning respect. They're doing stuff, they're doing, they're doing stuff. But they're in a situation where I think there's also U.S. ownership, U.S. code. There's a little bit of leeway, all this stuff where, you know, you see what happens at Chelsea, you see what happens at Barcelona. I mean, you see what happens at these clubs. Things go south, heads are rolling. You know what I mean? You are, there's no job security. If you're just like, you better be ready you know, for your chance. You could be on the bench. Guy doesn't like you. It, it, you know, whatever it may be. You got to fight for your chance. It's like all these things. And so I'm not sure if the American player is ready for that. So this World Cup could hurt because it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we do well in the World Cup or we go to Europe and we kind of do well. But it's the same with the U.S. youth national teams. They can come over to Europe now and get some results. Fine. But when you're picked, then you move over here. Like Gio has talked about, like, I've seen Gio, Gio Reynold talk. He's like, I'm in an apartment pretty much by myself. And I have some, I have some video games. But you're, during the day, you're, you're, your teammates are with their kids, with their family. You do three, four hours, and then the rest of the day, you're like, what do I do? So I'm not sure if everybody really wants that life. And you're in Germany where the weather sucks. So it's, <laughs> it's gray, it's dark, and it's like, you know, so it's like, what's the motivation? And then you read what Anthony said, from Brazil, he's like, "I was raised in hell. There was no other option. Yeah.
0: I got to yeah. make it out." Yeah, no question, so, dude. The mentality sorry. piece cannot be underestimated. Yeah. Hey, I know you have to run, yeah, but give leave. us a little, give give us a little something about prediction, prediction against the Netherlands.
1: Woo! Okay, can, okay, I'm gonna do two sides of the prediction. Mm. All right, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the one you hate, the fan side. That's just All right. that is irrational. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> just being For sure. a U.S. homer boy. And then I'll, I'll give you the one that I actually think. <laughs> all right, the, the U.S. irrational fan side says uh, we might get them in penalties. Wow.
0: Oh, all right. Okay.
1: One one, we might get them in penalties because of how um, there's not particularly a lot of love for this Dutch team here. You, you know, I've, I've even said stuff a lot, uh, and there's something off. There's just something off with this this Dutch team. They're grinding stuff out. They're winning. But Ecuador was really poor, man. I mean, Ecuador's a top, you know, very, very, very young and emerging team. If we want to talk about merging, just showing up to this World Cup and just doing what they're doing and, and having the players they have. But but then there's a side of me that thinks um, the U.S. has... is uh, Those midfielders have ran a lot this these past three games, man. And we don't have... We can't control the tempo of games, especially yesterday's game. I was so annoyed. I'm like... The way to beat them was actually just to control the tempo, not throw more defenders on. I was like, if you control the tempo, you score two or three more goals because they were, they were just flying up and you would have had them. But anyway, that's just me. But um, I think Holland 2-0, the coach side of me, and I think the last 20 minutes will suffer because if you didn't have to sub on the players who are not of quality, they start running around. Holland still has players that are carve your part. Um, you know, Frankie and those guys can have a field day when they get time. So that's a Cope side of me, but but it'll be the last 20 minutes where they'll they'll do something because it's not a special Dutch side.
0: Who's going to have the ball? Majority game? Yeah.
1: Uh, Holland.
0: Got you. Okay. They'll have possession because the U.S. has done pretty well on the possession side of things. Yes. Granted, who is Wales and who is Iran? So that was always going to be the case. Yeah. But even against England and... Give me English friends. I'm like, who the fuck is England too? (laughs) Even 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 though they think, oh, what are you talking about? We have Rashford, we have Sterling, we have Harry Kane. Like we have amazing players, and I'm like, bro. (laughs) Hey, but but listen, just to cover my ass, I'm gonna put some money on England to make it far, in case they do. And I have the haters coming at me for my comments. At least I made a little bit of. Hey, there you go.
1: There you go. Um, Um, Yeah, I think I I think England will have most. Of the ball, I would say 55 to 45. It, it'll be close. Like I said, I think we'll come with the energy of that tournament thing, but now we're getting, you know, you're into the fourth game. You're already talking about injuries to McKinney and, and Pulisic. Um, you got to be able to hold the ball and have sustained possession, right? It's not just winning the ball off the other team. I think we'll win the ball off of them high sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, one of the coaches I talked talking to, former IS coach, was already telling me he's scared about blend versus wea so that's where our advantage is because they they keep playing blend, but they are playing three in the back, right? Holland's playing three in the back. So even if you get pie blend, here comes Van Dyke, Timber, right. and uh, whoever well, I can't remember was So it's not like it's 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 the runs that has been making against uh, you know two center backs and, and finding the through balls that's not going to be on. So it's like yeah. how do they how do we create? That's the problem. I don't see I don't see how we create against a three three man back line. Uh, with the, I mean, they couldn't even do
0: it with the, the totally. We
1: could only do it on a counter situation with way of making a run and the pass being played through. That's not going to happen against Holland. They're, they'll definitely be prepared for that. But I think 2-0 to the Netherlands in the end. But don't Very tell my good. wife because I'm a <laughs> fan. is trying to go crazy. My Dutch wife, I'm trying to we're betting on this game, me and her. We said, we, we said Thierry, I told Thierry whoever wins this game, that's the national team you got to play for.
0: I love it, Kev. That's, Listen, thanks for joining us. Thank you, bro. Where can people find you online real quick?
1: Yeah, you can, uh, you can find me at Kephren Fuller, K-E-P-H-E-R-N, and then last name Fuller. And then uh, anything, if you put Joga, Joga Amsterdam, or, or the Joga Project, you'll also find us on, on different uh, social mediums.
0: Brilliant. I'll put it on the show notes. All right, dude. All right. Let's then. stay in touch per usual, and it's a pleasure hey, as always. Hey,
1: thank you, Gary. Appreciate you.
0: Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening. A reminder for coaches. You can get both the free and premium coaching programs at 343coaching.com. Don't let anyone tell you your teams can't win by playing dominant possession-based football while also developing individual players to the highest levels. Nonsense. We've proved it at every single level and so have hundreds of serious member coaches across the country. Now that we've moved on to the pro level, we're delivering everything we've learned in the program. Don't wait and continue delaying getting on a proven path. And parents, 343masterclass.com is where you want to go to get a working compass for navigating the American soccer landscape with your player. It's pretty bad out there, but let our experience guide you. And if you're interested in a solution that blends both academics and soccer, there's even the opportunity to do this in Europe as well. To learn more, visit acceleratorschool.com. Until next time, cheers, everyone, and keep building.